1: Good morning,
2: traders and investors. Welcome back to the wrap up of the week on pre-market prep. Let's go ahead. Let's talk about the market. It was a tough one yesterday with FedEx coming in with uh, preliminary earnings. And then also just to kind of hit that a little bit harder, you guys saw some stocks down big, Uber getting hacked. Uh, We'll talk about that. China announcing some sanctions, Michigan Consumer Sentiment being put out today. The White House releasing the framework for crypto regulation. We also got uh, Asa Seneca, a uh, drug maker, got EU approval for its COVID-19 antibody cocktail. General Electric down and we'll touch a little bit on Genius Sports. Let's go ahead. Let's dive on into today's action we also got Rick Bloom, partner and attorney and certified public accountant and financial advisor as our guest today. Let's rise and shine and start today with pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host joel conan this is a volatile puppy here isn't it and dennis did i am bidding a penny i'd buy that stock for a penny with everything you need to start your trading day All right, traders, let's bring on
3: Joel Alconin and Dennis Dick. How are we doing, guys? I guess I'm doing better than Dennis. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, We're down 33 handles. We took out that 3,900 with ease. Uh, Pre-market lows, 38.78. Trying to bounce, but just just no bounce here. Uh, The dollar uh, takes out the the trio of highs. It's higher by 19.8 cents at 109.65. TLT down 22 cents at the low of the move. Crude's green, that's up a buck oh two eighty five sixty seven. Both your metals are in the red making new multi-month lows. Bitcoin up slightly, up 90 bucks, 19.820, and Ethereum going the opposite way. That's down twenty one fifty. Let's uh let's bring in Triple D and um let's see if he's got any um any bruises or any Ooh, scratches or it's any. It's a bad
4: uh, hair day. It's like I went through a windstorm last night, the FedEx windstorm. I tell you that much. It was a crazy night. It started kind of calm, and then and then it went kaplooey for me. <laughs> so. Let's take you back to the core strategy, which I talk about. I employ the core strategy of owning stocks before they report earnings because those stocks tend to drift higher into their reports. I am adjusting that core strategy. I've employed that strategy for the better part of 10 years, successfully extracting alpha from that strategy. I'm actually going to back off that strategy for this earnings season after last night. The reason? is because if you get an earnings warning it takes all that alpha away by owning these and i think you know historically you don't get that many earnings warnings you know prior but we are going into what i believe is going to be one of the worst earnings seasons we've seen in a long time and i think there's going to be a lot of earnings warnings and that's why one i'm telling you today is i'm going to back off that strategy of owning stocks before they report so let's take you into why I own FedEx, obviously. Well, it's due to report next Thursday. So there isn't much on the calendar. So I like to own the stocks that are due to report because they tend to drift higher. That's obviously, I've just told you, I'm not going to be doing that strategy for at least. Can I ask you quarter. one question? I, yeah. w-
3: would you consider being short stocks? I, yeah.
4: And that is a great question. I've yeah. thought about that. And there may be an opportunity there. The problem is, is that there may be some pre-earnings warnings, too, that come, like, in the face of, like, oh, hey, it's not that bad. Because know, you have a lot dynamic. of companies warning. Steel
2: Dynamics. Yeah, yeah,
4: Steel Dynamics. You know, they did it after Nucor. Nucor warns, Steel Dynamics, like, not that bad over here. So <laughs> there's just going to be a lot of maybe Finger pre-news. Pointing? <laughs> so typically, it's kind of quiet on these stocks before they report. Sometimes you get an analyst rating or something, but the companies are kind of quiet. So... I'm kind of just spooked on it right now, especially after last night. So I'll take you through it. Um, Obviously, I was long FedEx going into the report, reports next week. And I just see first thing that happens is I see my filter light up FedEx starting to go just straight down. I have a whole pile of stocks. I don't notice in my P&L yet, but I have a filter that I run that shows me big movers, like sudden big movers. And it just lights up FedEx, like going straight down. I was like, oh, gosh, that's not good. And I look at the Benzinga Pro. And I can see, if you bring up the Benzinga Pro, you can see what I was seeing. So we might as well tell us. Oh, so I looked at it too. Bring oh, up the Pro. Man. And it just comes across when they release the press release FedEx general corporate statement. So nobody has read that statement yet. I've already assumed after five seconds of tape action that they warned. Nobody, not any major media has said anything yet because people have to physically go and read. Then they get it. And then it, you know, it takes like a minute or so. So if you bring it up and just highlight it there, get rid of the chart just to make it bigger there much, or you can zoom in. Last night, you'll see the warning. FedEx, that's what I see come across my screen. FedEx general corporate statement. Yeah, so I've
2: already I, have, I have them just for uh, Benzinga Pro users. If you go to your news, you can actually color SEC filings, and I have them colored as yellow, so they highlight as oh, soon as they good. pop up. On Show my us how Benzinga to do that Pro. after my
4: rant. Yeah. Show us how to do that after my rant. But um, so, yeah, you see that it come across and you're like, OK, that's trouble. I'm in trouble here. Um, general corporate statement. You don't know what that means. It doesn't mean a warning. It doesn't mean anything. It means the company is saying something. So but when you see the stock tank on the initial headline, it algo's read it instantly. So you're like, OK, this is an earnings warning. This is highly likely to be an earnings warning. So I'm like, OK, so I go to FedEx. There's nothing there. I mean, literally, you can bring up the tape now, Joel. We'll go to your charts and you can show, you know, the action from last night. There's no there's not a lot of bids out there. So I actually got out of part of the position at one ninety seven. So, which is a miracle to get out of some of it. And that's eating like an eight point loser because the thing closed at two oh five. So, you know, nobody wants to eat an eight point loser. But I still don't even know the news. I've sold this like thirty seconds after that, just assuming it's an earnings warning and I'm assuming it's bad. But I don't know how bad at this time. So then I'm just like, okay. If FedEx is going to tank this much, the entire market is going to probably tank. But the first thing I did was went to UPS. So I went to UPS. I tried to short it there. I just missed a bid. And like you don't like try to offer, like you hit the bid. But I just missed a bid down a buck on UPS, like at 184. And somebody else got it like literally a second before me. And that would have maybe saved my whole night because I was like trying to hit the UPS and as much size as I possibly could. I just missed it. One of the offer, the next bid's like down at 182, 181. So then again, you know, hindsight capitals 2020, 20, why didn't it hit the 181? Well, FedEx is still only down, you know, seven, eight points at this time. So, and I don't, still don't know. Nobody, no major media has said anything yet. This is all happening in the first 30 seconds. I'm taking you into real time action here. So then I go, okay, XPO. So I hit, I actually got short XPO. I actually got short Rider. I actually got short uh, KNX, so other transport stocks. So, and then I'm going and I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to short the overall market. So, I just started shorting stocks everywhere I could. Short, 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 short. I'm still long FedEx though at this time. So, I'm like, I'm so busy with other things. I didn't have time to worry about. And now, you know, CNBC just starts popping on. Now they pop on. It's a serious earnings warning. So, okay, now I have information. By the time I get back to FedEx, which if you go back to the FedEx chart, you'll just follow me along there. The stock's at 185 now down 20 bucks. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I just short a whole pile of stock, but I still have a FedEx position. So you're, you know, you're shorting stocks, making, you know, trying to make, you know, a little bit on those, but this thing's falling 10%, you're not making up for it. So then I sold more short shares on my FedEx position, like 185. And then I'm like, okay, I can't, you know, and I've, I've got, I've literally out of over half the position now. I sold some of 197, 185. And I'm like, okay, go back, short more stock, short, 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 trying to get, you know, as short as I could. So I just stay short. And SPY is like down a buck now. And I'm like, FedEx is going to be down 20 bucks. There's no way SPY is only going to be down a buck is what I'm thinking. So I'm not even covering anything. I'm just like, you know, I'm making money on uh, the stocks I just shorted because they're coming in, but they're not coming in enough. So then, and and anyways, uh, FedEx continues to go down. I sell more at 181. And then, you know, and then I sell more at like 175. Like, this is later on in the night, and then, you know, it's whatever. So, you know, now, now I'm pretty small. So, anyways, um, if people don't like the boring session here, you know, you don't have to listen to it. That's fine. But I think it's an educational tool here. One, in the last nine minutes, I just gave you a core strategy that is not working. So, I'm giving you some good information. I think, you know, here, we're not all about the news. We're about an educational show, but that's a side rant. So, anyways, so I'm still short the market overall. Um, I cannot believe that we're only down 30 handles here. Uh, with FedEx being now down 40 points. And the reason for that is, you know, FedEx is not just any stock. This is an indicator for the overall economy. It's an indicator for how the consumer is doing. And you get the FedEx CEO coming on CNBC and saying he's predicting, you know, you know uh, like a fall off in consumer demand here. That's serious. It's something we've been predicting on this show for a while. And it's all playing right out so you can see it all playing out like we've started and we can go on the other rant here too you know we've said this before when you start raising interest rates you don't see the consumer all of a sudden just stop spending it takes time but now it's starting to show up here we are three four five months later since we started raising rates and the consumer is finally starting to get strapped and it's showing up in companies like fedex so bottom line is I think we're in for a really, really bad earnings season. You know, General Electric warned last night too. Nobody's even talking about that. Gee, if you bring it up, it's trading down. 4% I got it. here as well. So it, you know, nobody's even giving that headline because FedEx is down so much. So bottom line, we're in for a really, really bad earnings season here, in my opinion. There's going to be many more earnings warnings. With that being said, if you get enough out of the way early. Does the bar lower here again that if they say anything okay, like we get to last earnings season, is not going to be the silver lining that, hey, you know, this company's earnings weren't that bad? That can happen here, too. But we are in the full process right now of repricing this market for, one, Fed not going to obviously lower interest rates anytime soon. Two, the consumer is going to be spending less. So you are seeing that demand destruction that we predicted six months ago. It is finally showing up. And it's showing up right there with FedEx. So this is a huge indicator. And I am so impressed that the S&P is only down 36 handles right now. Because really, if you would have told me FedEx is going to fall 20% and give an earnings warning, a doozy like this. And Mitch, we can bring you to the actual warning here in a second, which you might as well bring up in the pro. It's a doozy. I would have thought the S&P could fall at 60, 70 handles. So it's holding up fairly well, the S&P, considering how much FedEx is down. But show us those numbers from FedEx.
3: Yeah, before you do that, you know, the numbers were not great last quarter, and uh, a lot of companies got a pass, and we we just kept on saying like Google got got a pass. Um, I think maybe Microsoft did, and it, it, I re, I can remember talking about it, and we're like, wow, they're they're really being they're really being kind to these stocks and misses now. This, you know that happens one quarter that. that Two quarters in a row. I don't think they're going to tolerate it. But uh, I was looking at the headlines. Go ahead, Mitch. I mean, there's just. No, the
4: FedEx earnings numbers now because they are an epic disaster here.
2: Yeah. So the earnings number EPS came in at three dollars and forty four cents. Sales at twenty three point two billion. Of course, this was earlier than their um, earnings call. Their 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 estimate. Yeah, their estimate really. Their estimate EPS was at 5.18, and that's still going to get reported next week. But that's why they came in with that kind of pre announcement, right? I mean, 3.44 massive, estimates massive. were looking at 5.18. Um, and so that really started getting them to kind of give you that warning ahead of time. Now they also withdrew their fiscal year 23 earnings forecast um, complete. They just Pulled it off. Um, Also, CEO Raj on uh, Jim Cramer's Mad Money on Thursday said he believes a recession is impending for the global economy and weakening global shipment volumes drove FedEx disappointing earnings. So it looks like global shipment is really come down.
4: A recession is, repeat that, a recession is imminent for the global economy. Is that what the FedEx CEO said live on Mad Money last night? Yes. That's the exact words. He said he analyst. recession. This is a company that literally gets all, everybody ordering online. You got FedEx, you got Amazon obviously doing some deliveries here now, but they deliver stuff. They have the best gauge for the consumer. They're telling you the truth here. When the CEO, and I watched that interview, goes on there, and Jim was trying to get him to say something positive, and he was just not positive at all. That is the biggest warning sign. And now yeah. add it all up. We're trading 20 times earnings on the S&P. You know, we are trading, and this I is going think... to be the rant of rants. We are trading. Yeah, This market is so expensive on a historical basis, and we're going into a potential global recession. This is every opportunity you have. To sell stocks. and This is just my opinion, but I'm using every opportunity, every rally that I have to lighten up my portfolio. I'm 50% cash right now, and I don't think it's enough. That's my opinion. Now, again, I might be wrong. Maybe we get this miracle soft landing. Maybe there's going to be the teddy bears and rainbows that you know um, all these other analysts like Tom Lee are predicting um, over at Fundstrat. But you know what? Markets don't have to continue to go up forever and ever and ever. We can have prolonged periods and prolonged bear markets. You know, you can go historically and say, oh, yeah, average bear market six to nine months or a year and then eventually get your money back. Maybe. But ask the people in Japan if that works, because the Nikkei made its highs in 1992 and they're still down over 50 percent from those highs the last time I looked. That's 30 years. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but let's just take it back and understand how the last 30 years of the bull market was built. So, Basically, when you just look at, you know, and we're just doing an economics lesson here. When you look at how GT, GDP grows over the course of time, how does it grow? How do, I'll ask you, Mitch and Joel, how does GDP grow over the course of 100 years? What's the general driver for growth? Consumer buying things, population growth, population yeah. growth. More people consume more. So for the last 100 years, from 1900, to like 1990. Population growing, 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 growing. GDP growing, 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 growing. What happened in the early 90s? Population growth started to slow, but the markets did not slow. Why, why? You know why? Because we gave them more money. So if population isn't growing, but you wanna continue to grow GDP, what do you have to do? You have to have the current people consume more. So if you think back to your parents in the 1980s, they were putting 25% down on a house. They weren't buying all brand new cars. They were having used cars. So what we have done is basically for the last 25 years, we've just had interest rates coming down, 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 down since the 80s. Money has gotten easier. So consumers have now been consuming more. Population is still growing. But it's not growing at those rates as fast, fast. exactly. So the population is not growing as fast. You need those consumers, those populations, people to consume more. So now you have today, you have a global economy that the population growth is not growing very quickly. And you have all the consumers, all kinds of strapped with debt. When you add all that up, where is the next 30 years of growth coming from? Where is it coming from? That's what I'm asking you asking the chat, where are we getting that next 30 years of growth? Because if population isn't going to start going exponential again, where does the growth come from? From 1900 to 1990, it came from huge population growth. From 1990 to 2020, it came from easier money, interest rates going down. What happens when everybody's consumed as much as they can afford to consume? I don't know. I have the answer to that. So all I'm saying is there's a scenario where maybe we end up like Japan and we don't make new, maybe we don't go to Dow 100,000. Maybe the S&P's
2: just kind of hang out for the next. Should 10 I years. Uh, add to the bear party here? I can yeah, add. do it, please. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, F- FedEx is one issue too that you know is showing up here. But also, we got some news from China, right? They announced sanctions on CEOs of Boeing, Defense, and Raytheon over their involvement in Washington's latest arms sales to Taiwan. Um, so, RTX, BA, um, definitely keep them on your watch. The sanctions on Boeing Defense, Space and Security CEO Ted Cobert and Raytheon's uh, boss here on Friday is in response to the U.S. State Department approving the sale of military equipment to Taiwan worth $1.1 earlier this month. And these
4: are all current problems. So, this just adds to you know why I don't want to own stocks today. I just made an argument that, you know, maybe you don't want to own stocks just long term. I I think you just don't want to bank on on margin that in a a year from now you get your money back for sure. I don't want to bank like, you know, people who are just looking at statistics and saying, well, we got 20 years of stats and the market just continues to go up over time. Those 20 years are banked on the Fed continuing to lower rates and give us easy money. If that's not going to continue to happen, the stock market might not go up forever. So and this is something that's been
3: thing. building. I mean, I you know, the people out there flow. that just, uh, you know, that just think that, you know, this is just a you know, situation that was created in the last year or two or three years. This has been something that's been building for years. There, for years. There's, there's dynamics. There's, yeah, there's, stru- there's structural changes in the economy. There's things that go on. It's just not – you know, you just can't say, "Oh, it's this, it's this, it's that." This is what's happened in the last couple of years. This has been something that's been building, 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 right? And every once in a while, it comes to roost. It came to roost in uh, in in two thousand eight, a different way, and now it's just, you know, uh, a re a rebalancing, a rescaling of the markets. It's a it's a long historical thing. It's just, you know, you just can't say, "Oh, you know." Oh, this this administration did this, or this administration did that. It's been building for for a really really for the long last time. Fed shares, yeah, since
4: Volker. I mean, go all the way back. Yep. I mean, we have just had easy money. Look at the names of the people we get. You know, Greenspan was easy. You know, yes, he said irrational exuberance, and that spooked the market back in 1998. But whoop you do that day. You had Helicopter Ben throwing money all over the place. <laughs> we had an Ante Jeanette, who was throwing money all over the place. <laughs> I mean, we've just, you know, been gifted. We had- we've been bow! gifted the growth. Keep the party going. Keep the punch bowl going. I'm just going to say, what if Peter Schiff is right? You know, we should get Peter back on the show. I know he got mad. I reached because- out to him. And it's been a while here, backstory, you know, we, we, anyways, you know, Peter was upset at us because he thought it was, it was before we had a video and he got all, and anyways, backstory, but Peter got mad at us because we thought it was video and it was only audio and he was mad at us for that. So he didn't come back on the show. But anyways, I think we still, I think we got, Peter was coming on the show. We've had him on a dozen times. So we're going to get Peter back on the show. You know what? We love you, Peter Schiff, because you know what? Eventually I think you're going to be right. I mean, it's been a long time. You wrote, obviously, Crash Proof back in 2006. You've been calling for, you know, an economic collapse here for a long time. But you know what? Maybe eventually he is going to be right. Is is the timing of it. Because we were ready to collapse back in 2008. And then we just threw money at the problem, dug the hole deeper, and kicked the can down the road. And now they're not digging the hole deeper, but they're trying to dig out. You know what I think is going to happen, though? So take it away from the bear. The whole bear case, what I think is going to happen, is I believe this economy is going to fall off a cliff, and I think they're going to start lowering rates as fast as they can. That's what I think is going to happen. I think you're going to see a disaster but, quarter yeah, here. That
3: camp might not be till... Exactly.
2: Mid-2022. I
4: think inflation will come in. I think they will lower the rates quickly to try to get everybody consuming again. So and that's your bull case scenario is that we do get the inflation check and then they start lowering rates as fast as they can.
2: The question is would that come all the way until 2024 when you you know you start getting your, through you know you got through the midterms you get a, another little bit down and going into the next election is when I expect that Fed to do that turn but we'll see what happens. It's something definitely to watch. Let's go to another headline today. Let's go to Uber getting hacked here. Uh, Uber said in its computer network was breached on Thursday. The person claiming responsibility for the hack sent images of the email cloud storage and code uh, to cybersecurity researchers at the New York Times. Uh, And this is coming from Sam Curry, a security engineer at Yuga Labs. He said they pretty much have full access to Uber. This is a total compromise from what it looks like. The hacker is only 18 years old and claimed to breach the company for fun. And might leak the source code in a few months. Just the hacking is
4: just a whole sideshow here. And it's getting worse all the time. I mean, you You get these calls. You can't get away from it. Like you have, you know, oh, we have this. You have to respond to this email. There's just so much, you know, scams out there. It's sickening is what it is. It really is sickening. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday. You know, their phone rings and they're in the middle of things. They're like, oh, it's a scam. I mean how many times your phone rang a week and somebody's trying to scam you. Spam so, risk.
3: That's how it comes up. That's my most popular. What what what
4: ones comes up for? you? it just
3: come up like well my phone says spam risk.
4: Oh, well that's yeah, nice. That you have that. Mine doesn't even say spam risk because I have Rogers and they're not smart enough to do anything like that, probably. But I know T Mobile um, has it. Mine just my I get the I it's, answer the phone, it's usually some number I don't know. I answer the phone. Oh, I
3: never then, answer a number I don't know. Never. Yeah,
4: well, I there never you go. I, but, the point yeah, I don't yeah. answer no more either. I agree with that. <laughs> maybe that's a good maybe that's a good system, but there's often, and, you know, people calling. I mean, calling I'll I'll tell you
2: reasons, about a scam but, that I just got recently. I yeah, had tell me. I had literally literally on my phone saying Rocket Mortgage. But I didn't call no Rocket Mortgage, but yet they were able to get it to literally telling me that Rocket Mortgage was like signing my contract for like a mortgage. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa what is going on here?" I haven't even talked to Rocket Mortgage, um, so yeah, these are the kind of things that are going on out there. I put it on my Twitter. The scams lately have gone They're out to, of hand Mitch. to a whole other level, and so uh-huh. you've gotten to the point where if you see any link, doesn't matter where, I'm not clicking. I don't like hyperlinks no more at all. Hyperlinks are the number one way that you can be
3: trapped into a scam nowadays. Are you guys ready? Ready for a laugh? And yeah, uh, I, to- I told I told. <clears throat> I, I told Mitch uh discussed this with Mitch earlier in the week. Um, <laughs> this one's funny. I'm This for one's this one. pretty good. Uh <laughs> someone signed me up for Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh, and uh, I left my phone downstairs. I went upstairs to <laughs> you know get ready to go to sleep. I say, Hey Lisa, grab my phone.
0: And she oh, goes,
3: gosh. OK, OK, So she got your phone, she goes, what are you doing on Tinder? And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. I said, if I was going to use Tinder, I wouldn't use my phone.
4: I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm not that dumb. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. was the one that you were looking for affairs with? What was that one? Um, the, oh, the site, the, the website. Remember, they didn't they take it down or was it still there?
3: Oh, um, Dolly um, Madison.
4: Is that what it was? What was that? Yeah. Dolly <laughs> Madison?
3: I think so. Right. Was was it? I, I was like, right on Joe. Yeah. And I was like, and, uh, and, and, then, then they, and then they sent me another message, and I'm like, you know, and then I'm like, Ashley I,
4: Madison. Chats all over.
3: Ashley it, Madison. I, Ashley I, I, Madison.
4: I, I, That'd be bad. If it was Ashley Madison, you'd be in real trouble right now.
3: I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, and then they sent it to again, and I'm like, uh, you know, whatever. I just, did you get some girls reaching out to you? I have more blocked people on my phone <laughs> than I have in my – I don't even know if it's people. Hey, know?
2: Match.com.
3: Match.com. Yeah, yeah. and I'm the like, match. I'm not going to the site. I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not Googling it to see what you – I'm not doing anything. I'm just like, whatever. But <laughs> The uh, bots
2: got you, man. Yeah, I wonder
3: if it was someone in the chat here playing a joke on me or something. I was I was Yo. unbelievable. I was like – oh, and the, I consulted Mitch. Mitch was my consultant. Oh. He's like, just leave it alone. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Because yeah. then yeah. you all of a sudden you download Tinder. Then I'm you're like, really no, in trouble. Man. I'm like,
4: <laughs> now they're attacking <laughs> you. You can't get
2: rid of them. Because Joel, you know, you they're all
4: over Joel. Yeah. yeah man. Man. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you got to be careful nowadays.
2: Bro. Guys, protect oh. your information. That's kind of the learning lesson here is definitely uh – we're seeing it everywhere, whether it be yeah. federal servers, whether it be – you know Uber here, whether it be Joel's Tinder. You know sometimes you just get hacked, and so uh, you, you want to be the careful. Out they're
3: there, just see? like, oh yeah, and like they they want you to click on it. You know, yeah, yeah. They right. want okay. you. They want you yeah. to get
2: your information. They want to put your information in there. Um, and that's dangerous. All right, let's keep cool. going here. Uh, fun let's show go. To...
4: So far, it's not a fun day for me trading, but it's been a fun show so far. At so. least <laughs> <laughs> I did all that great trading last night, short and spy, and being yeah. all right on that. And I still don't know if I'm going to be able to scratch this day or not because I lost so much money on FedEx.
2: <laughs> well, Astra, experience. AstraZeneca is coming in here with some drug maker news that they re- uh, received EU approval for its COVID-19 antibody cocktail. Oh, and God. I've been t- thinking about That's these. So late,
3: man. Why? why yeah. Well, makers, they
4: have their know? AstraZeneca ones. I mean, look at the chart of AZN. Look at the yeah. chart in the last. That month, monthly chart you know, looks what in what danger. You Sixty eight. You tell me what you want to do. I see overhead supply everywhere on this thing. I think I sell it's all. Breaking
3: down, back. yeah, it's up sixty eight cents. Yeah. No, thank you. Traded a little bit. It's already yeah, it's
4: in Europe, so it's trading like it's like traded for four or five hours on this price. So it's where it wants to be. But I just think you are selling. Rips
3: oh, I, another quick rant. One life, one chance. You know, no, I did not have trouble finding the Thursday night game. But what did you guys think of the quality of that streaming? Well, Mixed, I have some news on that. All?
2: I have some news on that. It was
3: horrible. It was horrible. Uh, Go ahead. It was. It's. I was not...
2: watching it. It was really good HD for me. Oh really? Man, we gotta get that's you I fast gotta... the internet, Joel.
4: Yeah, Joel get you're you so some so fast pro- the internet, uh, internet, my friend. Who's Your internet provider. All right, but Podcast. let me give some news Is it that's attached Is it your internet to this, so. Provider, Rogers? am
3: Who are, I'm telling you, that's that's not a good picture. I got some. Did news Anybody here, uh, else? Did anybody say that? And it's so, not the same. I'm telling you, you guys don't have the eye like I do, man. I'm telling you, it's not the same. And yeah, Bezos so sitting your, there with y- get down. Y- your
2: eyes, you know. Lisa eyes. was
3: like, she looked at that, she's like, Who are those goofballs? And I'm like, Oh well, uh,
2: oh, were you on the wrong stream feed? there was four stream
3: feeds that you oh that's see. easy. There's so four let me of tell them. you
2: about it. Let me tell you about oh, it. So Genius Sports actually was a part of one. Um, so that we can go and bring up Genie here. Um, So really what happened here is Genius Sports said on September 15th, uh, they secured an agreement with Amazon to provide augmented video technology and data related to services in the connection with the alternative feed from Prime Video's Thursday Night Football broadcast. And so they have a couple of different feeds. They have one that's just more for like the next gen stats And it's giving you some stats and different things that, you know, certain people like to take a look at. I even watched that stream for a little bit. But then, of course, I went back to kind of like the mainstream with the normal broadcast announcers. But there was also the Dude Perfect stream where it was kind of more just entertainment and and jokes and laughter. So they're trying to mix it up with sports media now. They're not just trying to always give kind of like the serious sports conversation they're also trying to give more inter- entertainment side so this is wh- how you're seeing sports media actually innovate and going to the next level and i think this is something that we keep watching
3: expand okay Genius sports. yeah that's a piece where, uh, there's just not a lot in here there's we, we were
4: down when i came in we were down 29 we're down 42 i'm still thinking we should be down 70 so we're getting part of the way there and the, mar- the imbalance, remember options expiration the quadruple witch here. So it's going to be a mess here too, Joel. I mean, you're just adding yeah. all this up. Um, they're all heavy to the sell side. So it's early yet, but it's selling balances across the board everywhere. And they're big. So we'll just say that. It's going to be an ugly day today. Thanks to FedEx. And we didn't even talk GE. We should have to go back to GE. We didn't even talk GE. Poor GE. They come out with a warning before FedEx and they don't get any. Nobody cares about GE anymore. Nobody gives them any airtime whatsoever.
2: Talk GE. Let's get it. Um, So here down after the chief financial officer, uh, Carolina Dybeck Hap told investment conference that supply chain issues are still affecting the company's ability to deliver products to customer in a timely manner. So, supply chain concerns, General Electric.
4: And then he got to the CEO also saying expect the Q3 free cash flow to be in line with Q2 or slightly better. So that's okay. But says with continued supply chain issues, the company is continuing to see deliveries moved later in the quarter. So nothing great. Nothing great to be said. They did hit the stock on this news. Stock is trading down 5.5%. Nobody cares because they're only talking about FedEx here today. That G chart is ugly. You got support. I don't know. It's sixty. You have heavy, heavy support. Then didn't they do a
2: reverse split trying to save this? Yeah,
4: They did. They did. Gonna, gonna, gonna have get to reverse split this thing again. Get them out <laughs> yeah. there. What a and, and we talked <laughs> split about it historically.
3: It
4: historically, that's what they did before. That's they a did the reverse split last time to get the price back up so it looks better. They're gonna have to do it again. Oh, the you know, old geez. trick. The mess <laughs> of the mess. <laughs> Yeah, what, where was the it's... high hey long-term investing story in general electric where's the high back in like 2000 g uh, my high?
3: chart my 20-year charts don't go back um i just how go far to does 0-2? your 20-year
4: chart go back
3: well this is 02 so it goes back to further. uh go uh, further this is this as far 41. as you can go like
4: 300 08, but i think if you go back to 2000 i think it was even higher than yeah that, i so. have
2: 461 467 467
4: dollars and that was in years in ago today it's 68 bucks it was at one time i think it was the most valuable company in the world joel it was number
3: one yeah it was yep. you know you was at one time been... the most valuable yep.
4: company in the world so you can see just everybody's ate their lunch they've done everything wrong honeywell right. they were going to buy and then Honeywell's the company that you wanted to own not general <laughs> electric so they've done everything wrong for 23 years uh basically you know since welch has been gone it's just been a disaster so I don't know. Hard to get bullish here on a yeah, stock. that has been down yeah. for 23 years. <laughs> you know, Stocks it's have been down for 23 years. They usually stay down for 24. They did
2: a yeah. three-for-one stock split right before they topped the whole market. <laughs> uh, Not, they did a stock split, a three-for-one, like of a month or two, right before they topped at 467.28 in August 31st of 2000. The dot-com era. That's all right, that. let's go ahead. Let's get into our guest now. Let's get out of the General Electric talk. Let's go towards our guest today. We got Rick Bloom, partner attorney and certified public accountant and also a financial advisor. So I think he's covering it all for us today, Rick. Let's go ahead. Let's bring him on here. How are we doing today, Rick?
3: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants
1: I'm doing
5: great. How about you guys? I enjoyed the football game last night.
2: There you go. You see, someone's (laughs) on my side. They were enjoying it. I thought it was fine. I couldn't watch those dude guys.
5: I tried that for a few minutes. Yeah, not for me either. (laughs) I thought the broadcast was fine. It's nice to hear hear Kurt Herbstreet doing pro ball. Yeah,
3: yeah, I noticed that too. That was Herbie, and uh, who was he with? Um, Was it uh, Al Michael? Michael? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's, but uh, uh I got Rick Bloom on here. Um he's a he's a local guy. He's a local money manager and we don't really bring on a, a lot of people from the area. Uh Bloom Asset Management uh just a couple miles from my house and uh had a meeting in his office and we had a nice talk and I said, "Hey, this guy knows the markets. He's an asset manager and uh, I got him on the show. For, thanks thanks for coming on this morning, uh Rick. Thanks uh Thanks for having
5: me, especially on uh Daylight like today.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we're, we're not gonna go super stock specific yeah. here, but uh, just give us um, you know, your your top-down macro view here of uh, you know, rising interest rates, uh inflation, just uh, you know, your what what's your gut telling you?
5: Well, my gut, we're still in for a period of uh some rocky roads, and investors have to accept that. Um, the reality is that. Inflation and uh, what the Federal Reserve is going to do is driving everything these days. And um, next week, I'm fearful that the feds are going to uh, go potentially with a full percent increase in the uh, the interest rates. And that's going to have a, a domino effect. So for investors, this is not a good time. But one thing I always tell investors, you can't ever let fear or greed dictate your investment decisions. And when you're an investor, you got to take a long term approach to things. And uh, we go through these times, and these are the times that investors have to be better investors than at any other time, because these are the times that mistakes are made.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, let's also let's uh let's get into um, it's it's early to talk about it, but I know a lot of people are thinking about it right now. Um, and in a down market, you know uh. Tax moves, right? We're only a couple, couple uh weeks from the end of the year. I know some people last year started taking it early, especially in those growth stocks. Talk about some uh, tax moves investors should consider in this down market.
5: You know, first of all, I always tell investors the goal is not to lower your taxes. The goal is to have more money in your pocket, and that's what people exactly. should focus on. I think too many people, investors, they get involved in things just because they could lower their taxes. I always tell everyone. Lowering tax is easy. Lose money. Go ask your boss for a a decrease in wages. That's the way you lower taxes. The goal is to increase your net worth. And I think that's what people need to focus on. But I think that, you know, here we're having a down market. People should look for opportunities. I think one of the best opportunities right now for everyone is to look at Roth IRA conversions, to convert traditional IRAs into Roth IRAs. The benefit of a Roth IRA is the money grows tax-free, defer- tax not tax-deferred. When you withdraw money out of a traditional IRA, you're going to pay tax on it. Uh-huh. When you pull money out of your Roth IRA, there are no taxes. And so there's a great advantage to convert now. When the markets are low, you're going to be able to convert more shares than you were you know, at the beginning of the year. So my general rule is, one... First of all, you have to have the money to pay the tax. And you do a Roth conversion, you're going to pay taxes. Well, you got to have the money to pay the tax without touching the money that you're converting. Two, by converting the money, you can it won't throw you into a higher tax bracket. So it's important to, to look at where you are with taxes this year and look at your brackets. You don't want to put yourself in a higher bracket. And three, you can leave the money there for at least five years. If you meet those three criteria, why not take advantage of a down market and start converting money? Because money in an IRA is always going to be taxed. Even upon death, if your beneficiaries inherit that money, they're going to pay tax tax on the IRA distribution, but not on a Roth IRA. So people that... um, you know, have had money in traditional IRAs, have done well, the accounts are lower, why not convert some of that into a Roth IRA? And the transaction has to be completed by the end of the year. So I think that's one of the things. And the other things I think is investors ought to go through their portfolios, especially if you're a mutual fund investor and you have some losses, you can look at selling those losses and turning around and buying a similar fund so you're still in the market, but at the same time you have losses to recognize because you just can't buy the same position back because, you know, unfortunately we have those right. raw, the wash uh, sales rules.
3: All it's, right. So it, it, oh, I'm sorry, inflation, you know, it is affecting us in the short term, right? But it's also going to have an um, effect on people's retirement plans as well. Talk about, talk about the, the effect of inflation on long-term retirement plans.
5: You know, first of all, it's important to realize, and I always tell people this, Retirement's a brand new concept in the history of mankind. It's not something that past generations had to deal with. Go back 100 years ago. What did people do? They went home on Friday and they died. I mean, today you look at retirement and people are going to be in retirement for 20, 30 plus years. So it really is a a new concept. I believe that when someone retires, they have to have a strategy to make sure they have a rising income throughout their lifetime. I remember when I first got involved in this business, they used to say, well, retirees can live on about two thirds of what they did when they worked. Well, that out, that went out with A-Trax. You need to make sure you have a rising income, even before the inflation, because there's things that have gone up in price that really aren't inflationary. It's increased cost of living. You know, 20 years ago, you and I didn't have a smartphone. Now we have one that we can't live without. So when prices are rising, it's going to hurt people's retirement because most people, unfortunately in this country, about 75% of people live day to day. They don't have any savings. And so when all of a sudden prices go up, if you're not making any adjustments, it's gonna cause big problems in retirement. And I always say, I think we live in the greatest country in the history of the world, but there's nothing worse in this country than to be old and poor. And so when I believe that particularly people getting ready to retire and in retirement, you got to get a hold of your expenses. You can't necessarily control your income all the time. You know, interest, you know, income is what it is, but you can control your expenses and you have to start doing that. Now you can't wait any longer. You have to go through those expenses and start pruning them. So you're going to be able to have a comfortable retirement. Too many people find that 10, 15 years in retirement, they're running out of money. And that's because they're not paying attention to their expenses. And I think that's the key, is you have to get a hold of your expenses. Inflation is, is with us, it'll be with us a little longer. Gotta control expenses. And you know, the frightening thing is, we live in the greatest, richest country in the history of the world. And over half the people in our country retire at the poverty level. And so now you get any increase in prices, it puts them further and further behind the eight ball.
3: All right. So let's, uh, you know, we got the inflation, we got the Fed, we got earnings season coming up. Uh, what other factors are you looking at um, in the market? Uh what you'll be looking at, you know, for a turnaround, uh, you know, of course, we want to we want to get the Fed behind us. But, I mean, I just think it's not reasonable to conclude that's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, what are the key factors in the markets I, that I think you're going to be focusing on? Thing,
5: I think one of the key things, Joel, that you don't hear a lot of people talk about is the strong U.S. dollar, how the U.S. dollar has... Uh, you know, has been strengthening and, and that's going to, you know, cause issues. And I also think the other issue is still the ongoing war with uh, Ukraine, you know, that's having an impact, not only on energy prices, but on food prices and other commodities. And, you know, when that war first started, I never would have thought six, eight months later, we're still talking about the war, but we are, and it's going to go on for a while. So I think that when you look at, you know, some of the factors you're talking about, interest rates, uh, you know the inflation rate uh the strengthening us dollar and the uh the war in ukraine i think those are the four factors right now that are uh moving the market but of course two weeks from now there may be different factors that move the market
3: okay all right um, any sectors you know just uh <clears throat> wrap things up here is or there... I mean, the utility sector, people have been hiding out in that. Is there any place to hide in this market?
5: I'm not sure there's any real hiding place. Uh, I think everything, you know, can be affected. I I think what the average investor needs to do, the average investor needs to diversify and they need to spread their risk out because the problem with most investors is they're buy and hold. They buy something, they hold it, they never make a change it. They fall in love with their investments. And so what I tell those people is you got to have a well-balanced, diversified portfolio. Um, those people shouldn't be trying to, uh, you know, pick sectors in the economy. I think as the economy eventually starts to improve, some of the small cap value areas are, are, are going to do well. And I'm also thinking, you know, I, I, right now they've taken a beating, the, the emerging markets. But I think that when we get a turnaround, you can see that the emerging market area but only for, you know, at least a moderate risk investor is going to have a nice uh, uh, turnaround, hopefully, if uh, the U.S. dollar doesn't continue to strengthen.
2: I wanted to ask you about how you feel about alternative investments. You know, we're talking about different kind of areas to think about retirement. How do you feel about maybe real estate investments? I know a lot of people are into kind of opening Airbnbs, kind of trying to give themselves, you know, income that way, supplemental income. I, what do I you like- think?
5: I like real estate as an investment, but one thing I where I have a little difference with an Airbnb, which I think is great, I think those are more businesses. I, I think Fantastic. that, you know, when you have an Airbnb or you own rental real estate and you're renting out, that's a business you have to be actively engaged in. And I would tell you this there's not many jobs harder than being a landlord. You know, people think they could buy a house, fix it up, rent it out, and make a lot of money and have no hassles. It is a tough, tough job. But I think there are going to be some opportunities in real estate. Investors should look at some REITs and those things. I think that individual investors, unless you really want to have a time commitment, you shouldn't be buying Airbnbs or uh, rental type of real estate unless you realize you're going to have to work that investment.
2: Oh, you're on mute, Joe. The good old mute trick.
5: I'll tell you, you know, how much technology has changed over the last two, two, three years. It's pretty incredible.
3: We've been on the line with Rick Bloom, Bloom Asset Management, right here in Farmington Hills, Michigan, uh, giving us his take on the markets. Thanks a lot, Rick. It's good to talk some sense. I I was going to have you tell uh, the story uh, that you told me about the Oakland University, but uh, we'll save that one for next time. Uh, thanks again for coming on and, uh, good. To, we like to focus out where on our show, we talk a lot about a short term trading and strategies and midterm. It's good to look long-term. Thanks a lot. We appreciate thanks so much for on. having
5: me guys. Have a great weekend.
2: Have a great uh, one, Rick. All right, let's go ahead. Let's take a little
3: peek into the market. How are we doing there, Joel? And we're just, it's a slow death is what it is. Ooh, it's just, yeah. <clears> and balances. you know, These closing
4: imbalances, there needs to be some buyers to come in here because they are so big. I'm hoping there's gonna be some buyers. If not, if there's no like if if we don't get offset, you could actually get a washout open here. So you know it's on the table here. I'm not saying like the bottom or anything like that, but I'm saying they're actually if stocks open too low here, there actually could be an opportunity for an an, for an immediate bounce here if they like really get hammered. SP is not down nearly enough for what the stocks are indicating. Like if the stocks are are going to open where they're indicating, the SPs are going to fall another forty handles from here. So and I don't know if that's going to happen. So I think there's going to be some buyers that come in here, some arbitrage buyers like myself. I'm like licking my chops here a little bit, looking at some of these imbalances like Pfizer two million to sell i mean you know rtx a million to sell um obviously it's option expiration so this numbers are going to change but if for whatever reason you don't have a lot of institutional buying come in here there could be a really violent open to the downside which actually could give you that short-term washout that maybe people have been looking for
2: yeah part of me is thinking um i I talked a little bit about this yesterday i feel like the market has been front running a lot of the catalysts that are coming um so i'm feeling like we're trying to get closer towards those june lows before the fomc meeting and if you take a look we've actually gone up on those fomc meeting days so that's why i'm when's the fomc this out. meeting actual it's date. next wednesday the 21st wednesday. and so if you actually take a look at the last kind of four meetings we've actually gone up those days so i think a little bit is us coming down before the fomc meeting kind of front running you know pricing it in as a lot of people say Uh, but this is what i've been seeing and this is why i called the downturn yesterday because that's what i was feeling like markets trying to get ahead of that 75 basis point hike and get as closer to those june lows
3: yeah rick just mentioned it may be a stick right i mean that uh don't know if that's uh that's all priced in but um Daily lows. I just want to give you and I and I put this on my sheet uh, after Tuesday's washout. Your next daily low comes from July nineteenth at thirty eight fifty one fifty. That's only that's only twenty handles away from where ours. So getting back to those July lows. Uh, too bad we couldn't go to that thirty nine hundred during the regular session, but uh, you could get caught it overnight. That open lower and then boom. Uh the FedEx news was a little bit later, right? After that came around 4.30, right, Dennis? Somewhere
4: in there, yeah. yeah I was having a pretty there. good night until that happened.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that continues to just continues to leak here. Uh, there is list, just yeah, like nothing. there's no like there's that FedEx is
4: just continuing. Here. Like it's down forty bucks. Did you, you, see, know, it? Is, Did you like, see it? Like like put this in perspective. I mean, FedEx wasn't an expensive stock to begin with, and now you're starting to get back down like I don't know, like 150, 100. Like you're going back a, a long time here now, Joel. Go back on the long term charts. I, I am. Mean, the 300's long gone. So they have had a two for one stock split, and, you know, the, one of the companies still delivers the majority of our packages. I remember buying this. I remember buying this at 90 years ago, and then it went to 240, and I sold it. I'm just wondering, like, I don't think I'm going to get it at 90, but, you know, I'm not buying it today. Let it wash out. But you get this in like the, 120 130 area maybe it maybe there's going to be some investment opportunity to to, to our last guest's point you know there is going to be some opportunities you know we can have a rant and say oh stocks aren't going to go up for the next 30 years i mean that's probably not likely they're probably going to eventually get back to highs so you know eventually you want to get that 50 percent cash that i'm sitting on eventually back to work um so you you know it's it's not you can nibble on some stocks just make sure you pick the stocks that you know aren't trading nosebleed valuation So, like people will say, NVIDIA, you know, and NVIDIA is, you know, looks cheap relative to where it was. But this is not a cheap stock. I mean, 346, mm. is 126. You're like, how can I go wrong? Eventually, NVIDIA is going to be okay. Well, yeah. how you go wrong is the thing still trading 45 times earnings. I mean, or 40 times earnings. If those earnings come in, it gets more expensive. I mean, even if say it's 30 times forward earnings, you know, it's not cheap stock. AMD, not a cheap stock. Intel, cheap stock. I got a I little a, position on that, but it keeps getting cheaper.
2: <laughs> I gave a warning on a big boy yesterday after a long-term trend line breakdown in Microsoft, and it's still going down here. Um, it's one stock that I would definitely keep an eye on because it does not look good for me. Um, in my technical almost, ways, it is,
3: that's almost, it is June low, believe it or not. It does not look good. Yep. This is uh well, a lot of stocks have uh, surpassed their June lows, Uh Nvidia for one, obviously uh FDX, but uh uh you got that uh June low for uh, Microsoft. I think that's what people gotta start focusing on here. 241.53 uh, that June 13th low. Um we do have the quad witch. I mean, we you know, yeah, I know well, this is just wishful thinking, but uh we did bottom on the day uh of the quad witch uh in June. Uh, sure doesn't feel like it's going to be that way today, but Gosh, no. yeah, something to keep an eye on. Uh, but uh, down, down, down 48 uh, and a half. I'm just looking at piece. what
4: stocks are trading higher, and I got a filter of 2,000 stocks here. How many Nordstrom trading higher? It's a couple dozen stocks, um, mostly SP components. I see Alcoa trading higher, got an upgrade. Um, I see Nordstrom trading higher because they had commentary, I believe, from the company. Um, there was some commentary on it last night. I see some a few REITs trading higher. I see AstraZeneca, which we already talked about trading higher, NBS, Novartis, which is obviously over there. Um in Europe as well. But it <laughs> is like you are Go scrambling building. to find any stocks trading higher here this morning. <laughs> there is not a lot of stocks. Like and anything, you know, like it's if this is a sell everything dumpster
3: fire here this
4: morning, which was look at, to at, be Kathy, expected. Look
3: at Kathy. Look at Kathy. It's nowhere near that June low. Yeah, what's holding They've been up holding Kathy. on. But
4: we talked up. about her too. And you know what? Those are the kind of stocks maybe you are looking at buying on the pullback here. Not our arc, arc, maybe, but but it's been holding on. They've been beat up. They already had their bear market, they bought them in May. A lot of her stocks were down 80-90 percent. So it's seller exhaustion that is holding up her fund more than anything. It's probably not just that she's all of a sudden changed and performing
2: well. You just had salary, have salary exhaustion. It's one certain area, sides. at least from what I see. It's she has a lot of software, you know, growth and kind of tech. But where she's, I think, holding up is in these biotech names like Path, there Beam, you go, Faith. Um, yeah. Those are the names that are holding yeah. her up. Her her kind of diversification going into healthcare is yes. what's holding her up. If it wasn't healthcare. I think they would already be back down through those lows.
4: And I wouldn't say by any means is all of a sudden she's figured it out. It's just a matter of her ETF got killed more than anything else. And it's just they're beating everything else up. It's a catch-up trade with everything else. And wow. So 27, we started the show. We're down 27. I couldn't believe we're only down in 27. Now we're down 48. So I'm predicting down 70. I might end up being right here i feel like i've been right a lot this month and i'm really having a crappy month i know
3: that's what i said to you yesterday how is that
4: possible i'm like calling you know this call the rally i mean i really got beat up on the cpi which didn't help but it's like little just like the fedex you know like little like boom like didn't see that one coming or the bristol myers short you know and then i went straight up and obviously gave it all back right away i mean
2: roku's a rumor
3: could give it all up today um yeah, so you well, yeah down a buck 81. what was the
2: rumor yesterday on roku it's a acquisition rumor um because they were looking into the filings and seeing changes changes in the severance uh kind of with the high executives so usually you know when you see changes in severance kind of outlooks like this is for kind of getting ready for an acquisition so some people yeah. were kind of doing the assumption there that Roku's trying to be acquired?
4: I don't know what to say. This market's getting ugly and people are looking at these imbalances that I'm looking at and saying, I hope there's going to be some institutional buyers come in here. If not, I'll tell you, I'll be buying stocks on the open. So, and you know, for all the ranting you're doing, if stocks want to open down three, four 5% the S P is only down one and a half percent, I'll buy stocks and short S P against it. So we'll see what happens. That's what it's looking like it's gearing up to do though, because I don't see any buyers here yet. But again, it's early. Those institutional high freaks are going to come in and be buyers. I'm going to be a buyer. The market makers are going to be buyers here. So we'll see. But I think the s and could have a lot more pain here. I think if you're buying SPY right now down 1.27%, I think you might not be that happy in 34 minutes.
2: I'm All watching right. oil bounce a little some. bit, but yeah. uh, that's, that's just what I'm watching. I was taking a look at WTI, seeing it there. There was a there. couple tickers.
4: Give the all ticker, right. ticker time. Give us three tickers well, yesterday,
2: uh, yesterday, Kramer poo-pooed Oxy. So um, hey, I don't know how you guys still feel about Oxy, but he said he doesn't like it. Oh, I got a um, position that that, now, so you know how round. I feel about it. Yeah, you, I, I, you guys know how he I feel. He didn't say that at all, Mitch. I think What Joel. he
4: said, and he did not say that. What he said was, he says this one's just, you know, run more than the rest of them. So he says he loves the Buffett, but it's run more than the rest of them. So that's why he says I can't recommend it here because it's had a pretty big run already. Okay, so that's that's, well,
2: that's yeah. where it's at. You, you you, can't, you, you watch Kramer still, Dennis? You gotta watch Kramer and oh, move di- stocks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I watch Kramer yeah. and he
4: makes me laugh. He's a great entertainer. I so I look, him uh, you know, even though we diss, you know, and he makes a lot of bad market calls, I, I still love him as a, like an entertainer. Like he's he's an awesome entertainer. So he makes me laugh. Hey,
3: 64, just keep an eye on 64. Uh, that's uh couple lows from last week and holding up actually holding up pretty well this week uh, considering what the market's done. So uh, 64 pretty good support. If you're looking for some short term resistance, uh, you know, see if you get unchanged onto the day.
2: All right. Uh, Healthcare was holding up yesterday and that was a lot of the healthcare plans. I wonder how they hold up today. A lot of like, you know, coming from Humana. I thought we were going to
4: do a couple tickers.
2: Let's from take tickers. I don't, I don't yeah. see many in the tickers there. I see Roku. Okay, tick,
4: chat ticker time. Ticker time. Ticker time. Because I don't want to talk to you man. Yeah, That's I just see Roku and the. Give chat. us a couple tickers. We already talked about. We're going to give them. They're going to come up with some tickers here in the next ten seconds. So we're going to take two tickers from the chat here right now. Somebody said Twilio. Mallo. T-W-L-O. TWLO has nice again. Some of these stocks, you know, have been beat up so much that some of the ones with the higher valuations are actually holding up better than the others. And that's what you've been seeing in the last couple of weeks. It's been a value, sell the value and buy some of the growth names, even though the market overall has been selling off. Like we said, the Kathy names has been holding up. I believe Twilio is a Kathy name holding up fairly well, too. It's the kind of stock that on a pullback, you know, a technical pullback here, you probably are buying. Yeah, as seventy-two. For, as, yeah, for trades, not investments for trade. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's relative strength is excellent today. The 72 and a half area. Um, if you're looking to buy this on a pullback, uh, you know, the longer it takes to, you know, get that uh take back half of that move, maybe put a few more lows in. But uh, that's what I'm a little bit of a pullback in that one if you're looking. But uh, excellent, excellent relative strength this week. Uh, short term target today with the market being down. Of course, uh, people would like to see that closing price. Uh not too far from yesterday's low either. The problem is uh your two-day low, your two and your three day low are way down uh, of splitting like let's call it 70 60, but uh not you know holding up good relative strength here over the last couple of days.
4: Meta, let's talk Meta, making new lows again on the move. When stocks are making new lows, you got to go. There's major problems here, and they're getting tick-tocked to death. I I honestly, I had this in the portfolio for a bit, playing it off that 155, and no, no thank you. Um, I think Meta goes much, much lower. I think it's one of the biggest value traps out here right now. Every money manager comes on CNBC, talks about the value here in Meta. But I don't know. If we're going to go into a recession, be less advertising there. And I think people are moving. And I think this company is one that could warn. So 137, I'm 10. scared of meta.
3: You're COVID low. One thirty seven ten. All right. I'm going to let you guys finish up. Uh, Triple D, I'm going to check in with you after the open. Make sure you survived it. Everyone have a good day.
4: Talk Adobe. Just unbelievable right. move yesterday. Oh, I gosh. mean, they th- just talk about the viciousness, Mitch. Of how some moves. And I mean, there is God, no mercy. Is when you say something the market doesn't like, there is no mercy. There was no mercy on Adobe yesterday. It is trying to breach $300 here this morning. The stock was $400, like basically $400 three days ago. It was $396. So he just lost 100 points in basically three days. Obviously, mm-hmm. the earnings are already past us. The stock was 700 It's now 300 its valuation is not cheap. This is the problem, too. Again, we just go back. People were just paying silly prices for stuff in 2021. So we got to forget about those prices. Those mm-hmm. prices are gone, maybe never to return again. I mean, you know, you look at the Cisco's back in the 2000s, people were paying stupid valuations for those stocks never came back. So again, Adobe is not a cheap stock. I got to let them stop. My Starks are making new lows. You don't want to own them. So go with that rule. Stocks making a new low, you got to go. You don't want to own stocks making new all-time lows or not making new 52-week lows.
2: All right. I'll go to the last one here, at least for Dennis, and we'll get him out of here, is Tesla. At least this was starting to look a little bit better. But, I mean, with this market, it's just tough to call towards the upside of one of these bigger names. Um, I, I like the daily setup. It looks it's interesting. It's holding up
4: so well. You yeah, know, and, and I love to Elon the Musk. I wish the stock was like not trading the nosebleed valuation because I would own Tesla. I see him on the road. You know, Jason Rasnick was right about this. You see Tesla's everywhere now. Um, it's been an unbelievable performer. So yes, it's still off the highs. It's been unbelievable. The relative strength is fantastic. The problem with buying Tesla here is I believe that Musk is going to get stuck buying buying Twitter. We talked that yesterday. Yeah. And I think that's going to mean two things. One, he's going to have to sell more Tesla shares if that happens. Two, he's going to be stretching himself thin. So he's already doing so much, such an impressive person, businessman to do as much as he does. Love Elon Musk, just don't like the valuation in Tesla. And I don't like the fact that Twitter might actually be, you know, Musk might be stuck with Twitter.
2: All right, I'll get you on out of here, Dennis. Have a great one. You too. Have a great day, everyone. All right. Like uh, we did earlier today, we covered, of course, all the FedEx news out there and uh, Dennis giving us a learning lesson. And I can't blame him because I was looking at a very similar earnings type of play on FedEx. Wasn't expecting them to do a pre-announcement. And that's definitely going to affect the stocks. And we've been seeing this kind of be a trend. So just be careful, especially if you know that earnings are coming on up, especially on these stocks lately. Just hasn't been a good play. Um, one stock that did have decent earnings was bowl bolero who's been bowling let me know in the chat if you've gone bowling in the last year put a one in the chat if you've gone bowling put a two in the chat if you would never go bowling and put a three in the chat if you would probably go bowling but just haven't gone in the last year a little little kind of poll here i would like to hear what you guys think all right let's take a look at the sectors and the industries on out there of course. One area that I'll be watching will we get a little bit of a bounce back in utilities. Utilities sold off yesterday pretty hard. I'm going to look to see if they can bounce back today like Duke, Excel, um NEE, uh NextEra Energy got hit hard on their kind of um their private offering there that they did. And so we're going to look to see if NEE can get back up there towards 88. Um, if you guys got tickers, keep throwing them on up. I do want to catch you guys in the chat what you guys think. There's some ones, some twos, some threes. All right, so there's some people bowling. Looks like the bowling people are out here and a lot of threes. So, hey, can't blame you guys if you guys are three, just haven't gone. But if you take a look, Bolero came in with earnings, guys, and their earnings are pretty good. Their, their sales were impressive. 267.7 million beating the 195.17 million. So beating their estimate. Buy a big amount here. We'll see if Bolero can at least be a positive stock today. I know this was a SPAC, and you guys kill all the SPACs, but look at this one. It wasn't too bad. It's now held really on the 10, trying to make a next leg up, and looks like Bolero wasn't the worst kind of SPAC that was mentioned on out there. All right. I'll take some other stocks. You guys keep throwing them up. We'll take a look. CSX. This one's a hard one now because the railroads were kind of coming on up into the strike news. But ever since kind of we really got into where the strike could happen, you've been seeing that downturn. And so in my eyes, you got to be careful for it to come back down and take out that 28. Right now, I wouldn't view this into a bullish sense unless you see something change in the sense right now, and especially the way it sold off on yesterday's news, I would expect something similar today. All right. I do see some other ones there. I can't get my kids the bowl, though. Yeah, you, you got to give them, you know, the, the bumpers on the side so they can just kind of reel it or, or you have the, the, you know, the little kind of ramp. You just throw the ball. Don't worry. I'm not the best bowler either. I got to either go straight to it, but I've hit a split before in my life, so not too bad. No live trading today. I will let you guys know we do have all access that will be on after this. It'll be coming up in about five minutes here that will go into all access. If you guys want to go ahead and trade in that stream, just talk in the chat. I'll definitely be there um, to take a look at what's going on. Uh, I see Valero mentioned in the chat. Uh, This is one that I was taking a look at, but look how it's come down in the last couple of days. We'll look to see if we can bounce. It looks like it's trying to hold on here at least to the 200-day moving average, um, and that's a good sign there. But definitely we need to see it come back on up towards the 110. I would wait at least for right now if I was looking for an entry. Uh, but Valero is definitely one that was on my eyes earlier in the week, and this one was also with EOG. I was watching this one to see what was going to happen on this, and you can see that one turning around. Even though it gave a really good Wednesday, it's starting to turn around. So we'll see what happens in these oil stocks. It hasn't been a good look lately. Um, If you see XOM, that rejection from the 99, I don't like. We were looking like we were coming back towards that 100. Now we're coming right back into the support here around the 95 where we broke out from. If we break through 92s, we could be right back down there towards 90s and 88s. We'll see what happens there. XOM, uh, spy, spy down uh, towards 383, still leaking hard. At least I can say that uh, I gave a little bit of a warning sign yesterday, pointing to 388. What I would give you 383s today? No, I actually didn't expect that one, and it's, it just shows that we're coming down fast. And we'll see if we can get a little bit of a turnaround. All right, let's keep going here, LYB. I don't know that one too much. I'll take a look at it. Um, Looks like a specialty chemical company. And this one just doesn't look the best on the daily. Daily really breaking down here and going through the kind of the June lows. And when, right now, what have we been hearing? And I'll repeat the, the kind of the quote that Dennis gave. If we keep breaking through the lows, you gotta go. And so if it keeps going through the lows, not maybe the stocks you want to be trying to call on the bottom side. A pure example of that is NVIDIA. NVIDIA has been an easy way for me to kind of take a look at when tech is going to bounce. And if it keeps making new lows, you got to go in the tech names as we're seeing this downturn in the tech names. and I expect to break through that 74.32 today and head down closer towards that July low of 71.60. We'll see what happens in AMD. It doesn't look good right now. All right, let's keep going into some other stocks. Um, What else is being called out out there? Uh, What do you guys like? What do you guys like maybe for some upside? I'm trying to take a look at some of the upside charts. I know that it's a a very hard way to look at stocks right now, Uh, but hey, at least something bullish, right? All right, um, Raytheon, uh, not one that I would think is bullish. That one's kind of more in a bearish sense, um, especially what you're seeing mentioned here. Um, with the sanctions that came out. I don't know how this is helping them. If you take a look in the pre-market, it's been selling off. Important level underneath it at 83s. We'll see if that cracks right out the gates. CCL. There you go. At least something that's been holding on up. But the question is, will it hold on? And I think that you really need to see kind of it really start closing back above 11 for that nice little bullish move outside of this bearish pattern. But if it also comes back and it comes back and takes out kind of the trend line here and, and really starts cracking through this, you don't want to see it back here through the in the nines. Nines and eights probably break down through those lows from June. So right now, it's kind of hold on sideways. Sideways will be good for it too. Up, of course, we're not going to be mad. But what we don't want is it breaking through 10 again and heading towards nine. If we do that, If we do a move like we got right here, where it went to like 11 and then breaks down right back down, I think we'll eventually get through that eight. So just be careful out there, guys. I did see kind of the reopening trade start falling off the tape and it could start cracking. American Airlines was holding on for a little while. Does it come back for those pandemic lows? UAL, keep these ones on watch. We'll see what happens. Um, Airbnb, I know was mentioned uh, earlier. So I'll just really quickly take a look at that. That one wasn't looking too bad, but I haven't seen a lot of closes above 125. That's what I've been watching for. I actually drew these lines and this green line way back in June 13th, actually May 13th, updated on June 12th and was talking about, I would look for Airbnb above 125s, 123. It hasn't done that enough there for me to think that Airbnb wants to make another run to 160. We'll see what happens there. Uh Nikola, is in court right now. Uh, well, not Nikola, but you know, Milton's in court right now. I heard they were they're going to release the pushing of the truck video. Been waiting to hear about that. But Nikola n- is a dash for trash type of stock. So if you're seeing Tesla rip, if you're seeing Ford rip, if you're seeing Fisker rip, if you're seeing GM rip, stocks like that, then yeah, maybe you could get a little bit of a lift in a stock like Nikola and ride I've been seeing those go up when you have the auto manufacturers lifting. But if you don't got that, I wouldn't be looking at these for long-term investments. It's just too much of a hope and dream in my eyes. And I think if you're getting into these, it's a little bit of hoping But like always, you guys make your own investment decisions. All right. Uh, what else is being mentioned? I see Saga. Saga was one that's on my radar. I've been watching it start coming back on up. But the question is, would this actually make a real bounce? Um, You know, it's just been kind of declining, declining, declining. So what I was thinking to look at was, could we get a move back above this 1439? Yesterday, what do we do? We don't even come up back. So I think I need to see at least get to 15 for me to think that Saga is coming back there towards the highs. And it's been falling off the tape and hasn't really bounced. Like that's a bounce this morning, but it's not massive. So we'll see what happens there. Saga trying to get a little bit of a bounce there. It has some resistance here. But could just kind of take that out here right at the open. A move to 13 if you're bullish, if you're trying to trade the intraday action to move to 13. It's what I'd probably be looking for. They will not lower rates. They want to crash the market. Yeah, more than likely they're, they're not going to be hanging off of the kind of interest rate hikes. So we'll see what happens. Of course, I'm going to let you guys get on out of here now. The market's starting to bounce here towards the open. We'll see what happens if what Dennis said was right. Will we get a bounce there right at the open? We'll see what happened. But stay tuned for the stories that are coming on next on All Access. You don't got to go anywhere. All Access coming on next. Come find out from some new opportunities. You never know what you might find on All Access. I'll see you guys on over. And like always, hit the like. And I'll see you guys a little bit later today on Stock Market Movers. Let's go. Let's get into this market. Rise and shine. It's time to go get that green. Wish you guys the best.